This is Wessler Media. For me, I'm a pastor, and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt or they have something going on, and they're trying to figure out, how do I deal with this? And I always know Jesus has the answer. He has that next step for you. Let's open up the Word today and see what God will say specifically to you. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to celebrate. I, I know it's not Christmas Eve. I know it's not even the eve of Christmas Eve yet, but I'm I'm starting today. Today, I'm starting the celebration of the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and I'm glad you're here with me. Welcome to your next step. Welcome to the step of celebrating. You know, today, we're going to take some time, and we're just going to celebrate the God events, the good events, and we're going to light candles in our hearts to let ourselves know that Jesus is the Son of God, that God loved us enough to send His Son to die on a cross for us, give His life for us. Maybe you need to text somebody today, Merry Christmas. Maybe you need to say to somebody, you know what? I'm stepping into the renewal that Jesus brought when he came here. Here at the church next door, we always go big on Christmas because it's it's the reminder that Jesus came, but it's also the awareness that he's coming again. See, at Christmas time, I celebrate the coming of Jesus, but I'm also reminded that he is coming again. This year at the church next door, we're talking about rejoice. Because we want to rejoice in this season. We want to rejoice that Jesus is the Savior. If you don't have a place to rejoice, I invite you to come on Friday or Saturday and celebrate the birth of Jesus here at the church next door. Go to thechurchnextdoor.org, visit our website, and come. Be a part of the candlelight celebration. Begin to light your candle now in your heart. Now, let's look at the Word of God and how to celebrate this Christmas time. So why do we want things to last? Why do we want Christmas to last? Because it's connected to Jesus, and, and he gave his life for us to, to know him and to have eternity with him. That's why we're here. We're trying to, to rekindle that awareness, to establish clear in our heart that we love him, that we want to renew our faith in him, our trust in him, our reliance on him, our hope in him, our life in him. We, we stir within ourselves an awareness that God gave us a gift, he's given us life, and, and we renew within ourselves our commitment to him and our commitment to his life. Sometimes in the, in the tension of Christmas, in the push to get everything done, you look at one another and go, why? Why are we working so hard on this? Why is it so important that we get it right at Christmas? Why? Why do we have to? And, and the reason is, is because we celebrate something that's really, really important and in life, we learn some lessons. In life, we've learned that everything doesn't go the way we planned it. Things aren't always easy, and, and there's bumps in the roads of life. And, and you and I, we have to make a decision in our journey of life. We have to make a decision. Am I really committed to this? Whether it's a relationship or a job or anything in your life, there's these moments when you call into question, am I really into this? Is this really me? Is this really what I want? Well, Christ followers all over the world tonight, billions of us gather. And the reason we gather is this one thing. 
It's God, thank you for your commitment. Thank you for committing to the creation. Thank you for showing up. See, tonight we celebrate that God showed up and he stood with us. He cares for us. And tonight we show up to declare, God, I'm standing for you. I love you. I'm all in. We renew our commitment. There's something about the importance of renewing in the difficulties of life. Because there's going to come in any relationship, in anything in your life, you're going to find, you know, drag, drift, whatever you want to call it, that slows you down in whatever you're about. And you have to make a decision. Am I still in? Am I still going to work at this? Am I still going to make this happen? Tonight, we declare publicly before God, our family, and our friends, you know what? We're still in with God. We're lighting candles. We're celebrating because he is important. Think about the nativity, would you? You look at the nativity and you see the beautiful picture of, of, of Mary and Joseph and, 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 and the baby and the manger. And you see this and you think, wow, how beautiful. The kings were there. The, the shepherds are there. Yet you and I, when you peel back the story, when you open up the Bible and you read it, it's not such a pretty picture. I don't know about you, but riding on a donkey for days while really pregnant doesn't sound like fun to me. And, and then again, having a baby in what appears to be a cave in a barn, I don't know, doesn't sound like the way I planned things. How about this? We're riding along. Mary's on the donkey. Joseph is leading. That's the way we imagine it, right? And she says, once again, could you tell me, why do we have to go to Bethlehem? The government, man, the government said we got to do this. Been there, done that, right? You and I live in a world where things come against us, where, where things as, as not as we planned. And we have to say, how do we live in the midst of a real world? And we have to say, well, am I still committed? Am I still in this? On this night, we celebrate. We remember that people showed up like the wise men in our moments when we needed it most. And they encouraged us. They were with us. We celebrate. We celebrate God. We celebrate the good. We're here because we know that things in our life, we worked hard. But in all humility, it wasn't just us that showed up. In humility, it, it took more than us to accomplish the things in our life that we've accomplished. In, in humility, we have to admit that it was more than us. There were people and forces beyond us who had a great, great, great part to play in the success of our life, if there's been any success. We think about mom. Hey, mom, thanks for all the lunches that you packed. Grandpa, thank you for praying for me when I didn't know I was going to make it through. Or how about that neighbor? You know, you know that neighbor, the one that helped you keep your jalopy car together and running so you could make it to school and you could make it to work. And, and you didn't have two dimes to rub together, but they showed up and they said, no, we can make this work. We can fix this. I'll help you. You got to get to work. You got to get to school. Keep going. And how about that person? That person that showed up in your life and they said, don't give up. Apply for that job. You'll get it. I'll help you. That person that helped you in the class and they said, you're not done. You've got more in you. Keep going. Those moments in your life when you prayed, oh, God, help me. I am spent. See, we celebrate the victories because we know when we've done it. And we've done it not in 
In humility, we know it wasn't all us. God showed up, people showed up, and they helped push us through. Every one of us has had what I call a Moses moment. You know the Moses moment, right? You were in a rock in a hard place and you cry out. Well, Moses, he's got an army behind him and the Red Sea before him. And he's like, okay, God, you got to help. And God shows up. You know the Hanukkah story? The Hanukkah story, we celebrate. We celebrate the menorah and the lights. Why? Because God showed up and gave the people of Israel a miracle. He caused the oil to last longer. He did a miracle. So what? So they could make the temple holy and pure. The New Testament says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 that your body, my body, our bodies are a temple for his Holy Spirit. When we show up, we we show up because we're like, God, we need your light. We need you to do the miracle. Make us holy. Finish the work that you've begun in us. We celebrate. We pass on to our children and our grandchildren and the generations before. We celebrate the goodness of God. That God showed up when we needed him most. That God cares about us. And even though life is hard, we're not giving up. We're not giving in. We're not giving out. We're not done yet. We think about the proposal and the yes, the birth and the birthdays, the anniversary and the friends. That's what we think about. We light candles, we give gifts, we sing, we eat, we pray, we give thanks. This is a family-wide event. This is a worldwide event. Men, women, and children all over the world, billions will gather, they will light candles, they will sing songs, they will pray, they will give thanksgiving, and they will celebrate. What? The Christ child has been born in Bethlehem of Judea. An answer, a promise of the Messiah, a promise that God said, I will show up when you need it the most. Don't give up on me. I've not given up on you. Whether this is your first Christmas or your 61st is irrelevant. Tonight, we all renew our commitment to our hope in Jesus Christ, the Messiah, born in a manger, trusting that God is making a way for us and for, the, to, for us to renew our hope in him. Tonight, I want to invite you just to receive from God, to celebrate what you've received. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul reminds the church what he received and passed to them and what they received, and I remind you. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. Why is that so important? Because tonight we've come to receive. All I can tell you is this. As a kid, that's all I cared about Christmas. I wanted to receive, right? We're we're in the midst of a very harsh, difficult world, and and life is not easy. And we say, God, just want you to know it's been hard today getting ready. It's been hard, but I need a little bit from you. I'm here tonight to receive from you. In the gospel of John chapter one, he says, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Tonight, that's all we have to do is say, God, I want to receive from you. I want to receive Jesus as the Messiah. I want, to, I want to restore and renew that within myself. That's why I'm here, God. Listen to the words of the Apostle Paul as he speaks to the people in Rome. He said, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God and is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. So tonight we receive from God, but how we receive is we also say, God, I'm just declaring it. I'm, I'm, I'm standing with you. I'm with you. I'm for you. I'm still all in. I'm not giving up. I'm not going back. But how do you receive a gift properly? How do you and I receive a gift when someone gives us a gift? I think, first of all, we do it in humility. Whenever somebody gives me a gift, I look at the gift, and I think about the fact this person gave of their treasure. They gave of their life to me. I mean, they work hard. It takes their talent, their breath, their life, their energy, their creativity, and then someone pays them money, and then they go out and buy me something? Or they personally took the time from their own talent and they made me something? I look at that and I'm like, wow, you really gave yourself. That humbles me. But to think that the Lord of life, the creation of the universe, would love us enough to show up in human flesh, to, would, would live in a world that's so broken and twisted and hard and difficult to be with you and I. That's what he did. That's humbling. Tonight, we are humbled in his presence in this place and throughout the earth that God would show up for us. Secondly, when you receive a gift, I think you need to give a word. Thank you is nice, right? You look at the gift and you look at the giver and you say, wow, this means so much to me that you would think of me. I had no idea that you, you thought of me this way. I, I had no idea that you knew I was interested in this. I had no idea that, that, you, that you knew I needed this. I, I'm amazed by that. I remember when one of our boys was little. I think he was about three. We were at Christmas, and, and I got the video proof of this one, all right? He's sitting on the floor. He'd open up a gift, and he'd go, wow, what I always wanted. Then you give him the next gift. Wow what I always wanted. It was precious. I remember sitting on the couch and looking at me thinking, you know, what put that in his heart? You know, and I wonder tonight if, if I have that attitude towards God, if tonight I'll give back God the statement, wow, I never really wanted you, but definitely I needed you. And tonight I celebrate the fact that you showed up when I needed you the most. See, this is why we show up. This is why we celebrate. This is why we're here tonight. This is why we want to pass this on. This is really, really central to what we believe. It's just not a tradition. It's something that we're renewing within us, rekindling within ourselves, and we're saying, nope, not backing up, still with it. Third point to receiving a gift is you give a gift, right? Someone gives you a gift and you say, oh, wow. Now it's awkward, isn't it? When you didn't know they were going to give you a gift and you're not prepared, not a good moment, especially if you're dating. Woo! New Year's ain't going well, is it? But this is what happens, right? Well, I heard on the radio a guy, you know what he did? He ran to his car, he pulled out the used ice scraper and gave that to the person. They're like, wow, a used ice scraper. Not a good idea either. But what about this? Especially when you think about God. What if you say, God... I have nothing to give in comparison to who you are. But tonight, I give you my love. I give you my presence, and I'm here. What if you pray for somebody? Have you ever thought about that? Someone gives you a gift. You're unprepared. You don't have anything. You say, listen, I'm really sorry. I don't have a shelf full of gifts. I'm not that 
smart and prepared. I apologize. But can I pray for you? And just stop and pray for them right now at that moment. Say, God, I thank you for this person that would love me so much and to give something so valuable. And I pray that you would bless them and have mercy on them. I get that from John and Susanna Wesley. Every year they took the day that their child was born because they had so many children. They gave them a day of prayer and fasting to honor them. Tell that person, you know what? I'm going to pray for you and give them the date. And then on that day, text them and say, I'm praying for you today because you mean so much to me. You've given so much to me. You have to know that's because this year I've had so many people show up in my life and be so kind to me and been so good to me. The only way I could respond is I had to say, well, let me pray for you this week. I'm going to pray for you because God has blessed me through you. The last piece on this tonight is I want to talk about how we're renewed and just God has designed us to be renewed. And it's amazing to me when I look at nature that you and I were designed by God to be refreshed, to be revived, to be renewed. When we look at nature, we see a world that just naturally that comes back to life over time. We've looked at it in our history. and We've seen places where we've done terrible things as human beings. And yet over time, Nature itself has restored itself and refreshed itself to life. Well, recently I, w- I was looking at Death Valley. Death Valley, California is one of the harshest environments in the world. It's one of the hottest places in the world, but in the United States, it is the hottest place. Can I only say this? If you were an ice cream salesperson on that day in that place, cha-ching, right? <laughs> Just show up with a truckload of ice cream in Death Valley. You're going to sell it, Right? Well, what's amazing about Death Valley is this, that in Death Valley, on a decade or every 15 years, we'll have this amazing event. God will shower rains on Death Valley. Now, I'm not talking about a flash, a flood. I'm talking about days of just cool, soaking rain, day after day after day. And down inside the soil are these seeds, these seeds that need the rain to germinate, to come back to life. And maybe... Maybe you and I could experience a spiritual rain, a spiritual moment like that. Look at the super bloom that happens. Look at what it looks like before and after. Look at all the flowers that come to life in Death Valley off of one rain every decade. And you may feel tonight like God has been far from you. You may feel like you're really dry. You may feel like you're really in need. Well, tonight we come because we're saying, God, I could really use the rain of your Holy Spirit. Could you pour out your life on me? God, could you have mercy on me? God, could you show up in the midst of this moment? I really need you. That's why we come. It's to renew our strength in God, to remind ourselves that we haven't given up, that we're still trusting God. He is the Lord of life, the creator of the universe, and he still got us covered. You are designed for renewal. Recently, I'm I'm watching uh, this video online, and it's about science, science that has discovered over the past 10 years how your brain Your brain is designed for renewal. Now, you need to know, when I was growing up, they said, you get a limited number of brain cells. Be careful with them. Don't waste them. Don't use them wrong because they ain't starting anymore. And I lived in terror. You know what I'm saying? Well, now I find out that you and I, through our hippocampus, can regenerate new brain cells every day. All I have to do is eat right. I have to continue to try to learn and expand my brain. And and if I'll exercise, I can develop 700 to 1,000 new neurons and brain cells every day. Woo! That's good news. 
I mean, that's especially good in the world in which we live. Just a little bit of a shift, just a turn in our attitude, a turn in the way we approach life, and we can add brain cells. And you know what we found? We've already found that individuals that will eat right and exercise and and do these things to grow their learning capacity, it, it, it chases away depression. It chases away all those, those fears that come with that. And then we begin to see a person that's more alive and alive, and their brain is growing. Their brain is flourishing in the midst of all that. You were designed to be renewed. God designed you that way. How about relationships? Studies now show that in a relationship, if you just show fondness and aberration for one another... The other person realizes that this relationship is rewarding and I'm sticking in. It gives the other person and yourself the encouragement to stick with the relationship. This is why marriages, this is why marriages that celebrate anniversaries, couples that have date nights, people that look at one another, look at their children, look at their family, and they say, honey, I want you to know I love you. You're precious to me. You're valuable. I'm so glad God brought you in my life. It doesn't matter if you're a grandparent or a grandchild. Hearing those words says, I have people on my side. I'm going to be okay in the midst of this world. We found it. People just need to hear from us. You're valuable. I love you. You're a part of my life. The same is true at work, right? We find out the teams and the workplaces where people are encouraged, where they're valued, where they're affirmed. What does it do? It gives renewal. It gives life. This is the way we were designed. We were designed by God for renewal in life. The scripture says it. It says that you are transformed through the renewing of your mind. Your mind can grow. The Bible also says that your spirit, your soul was designed for God's revival. You know it. The 23rd Psalm, it goes like this. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Lo, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, death valley, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You restore my soul. God is the one that restores your soul. God is the one that takes you to green pastures. God is the source of life. And tonight we celebrate that God showed up to give us life. Yes, all of nature is groaning, Romans says. All of nature is groaning groaning for God's return, for God's hand to be placed on it. And you and I show up tonight. You know why? Because we're holding up our hand and we say, God, I'll take some of that. I'm here to receive and I renew my commitment to you. We're celebrating the victories of the past, but also the victories that we're going to have in the future because we trust in God. He is faithful. This is God's plan. Listen to the words that Timothy penned to Titus. He said, at one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hated one another. But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us. Not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs. Miss part of the show today and want to hear more? Well, you are invited to download and subscribe to Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. I really need you to help me right now. Because the Bible says that if we agree, it's more powerful. And it impacts even the angelic hosts. So would you just... 
just stop with me and agree in prayer right now what you're doing. Just listen intently and agree in your heart that God might move. Hey, let's take a moment to pray for people in ministry. They need us. Father, we come before you in Jesus' name because that's the only reason we're allowed to come before you. It's his goodness. It's his righteousness. And and your word says that you, you give the gift of leadership to the local church, to, to ministry. In, in Ephesians 4, it says that, that you gifted the church apostles and prophets and pastors and evangelists and teachers. And so, God, we come before you right now and we say thank you for the gifts. We say thank you for the, the people that are serving in our nation uh, as, as pastors and teachers and, and prophets and evangelists. Lord, the people that are planting churches, we thank you for that. But, God, we have a, a, a global perspective. We're praying that you will raise up leaders not only in our nation but throughout the throughout the earth, Lord, there are people that need ministries that will feed the hungry and and take care of the, the poor and the orphans and the widows. This is all part of the plan. And so we're praying for a new generation. We're praying for young men and women to be raised up, to go in, to, to help people. And God, we need women that are godly that can help these, these young girls that are being human trafficked and we need men that that care about what what's going on in our world we need people that believe that the bible is the word of god that the gospel of jesus christ is powerful and so god we're asking you to to review and refresh the leaders in ministry and yes lord you are the vine tender and we pray right now that you will provide everything that we need for the ministry of your body the church. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, I just love praying. You know, my life has been forever changed by prayer. Everyone who comes to know Christ's life is changed by prayer, and we want to help you grow in prayer. So we're inviting you today as one of our friends and part of this ministry to go to yournextstepnow.com, and we will give you a free prayer guide. It's an ebook. All you have to do is give us your email address, your email address at yournextstepnow.com, and you get our free prayer guide, and you can join us every day. Be a part of the ministry. This has been Your Next Step, a ministry of The Church Next Door in Columbus, Ohio. We hope this has been an encouragement to you as you seek to have a deeper faith in Christ. If you'd like to hear today's show again or share it with a friend, look for Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. We'd love to see you soon at The Church Next Door. Easily find our service times and our app. I'm Pastor Doyle Jackson. Join us again next time for Your Next Step. I believe you're going to find people that have a genuine love for God and a genuine zeal for the truth. You don't have to dress super fancy. It's so lively and it's so much fun and just you leave like, oh, so refreshed. And I know I keep saying family, but that's what this place is for me. It's family. I'm Doyle Jackson, pastor of the church next door. People keep telling me how good it is to worship God together again. Well, Come join us. Visit us online at thechurchnextdoor.org. Stories are a way we relate to one another. It's hard to underestimate their importance. 
Wessler Media is here to help you preserve those stories that you hold dear. We'll produce a personal podcast, an audio scrapbook that will preserve those memories for generations to come. Get in touch today. Call toll-free or text 1-833-38-STORY, 1-833-38-STORY, or visit wesslermedia.com. That's W-E-S-S-L-E-R media.com. The production you just heard was carefully crafted at the studios of Wessler Media. For more powerfully engaging podcasts and other audio content, visit wesslermedia.com. Stories of overcoming adversity, intense and unexpected twists and turns, education, encouragement, and plenty of those, did you hear that, moments. Hear more and talk to us about creating your own podcast, from large and detailed projects to smaller, more personal-sized productions. That's wesslermedia.com. W-E-S-S-L-E-R-Media.com.